college baseball fans, welcome to episode two of the 11.7 podcast for the 2024 season. I think we're getting close to 500 career episodes, which is which is a big number. Um, Ooh, what are we at? I don't know. I have to look it up. But I, I remember going into this year, we were close to 500. Um, you know, it, it's really funny. We actually make all of our stats and everything just widely available to the public. Now, you can see exactly how many downloads we have per episode. Probably not the smartest decision as we're going for, you know, some advertisers and sponsors this year. Um, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But anyways, uh, once we hit the – did you look it up? What are we at? How do you know? How do you know I looked it up? Because you got that little smirk on your face. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're not complaining about Florida State right now. So I had to do with this. Um, 464,000 downloads, 207 to- career episodes. 207? Oh wow, I'm way off. I was thinking maybe I was maybe I was thinking, <laughs> you were we were thinking close to half a million, half a million downloads. Yeah. But whatever. That that's unimportant. People are here to listen about college baseball. And today's show is all gonna be about the futures market. And when I say futures market, you might not be a gambler, you might want to gamble, uh, or maybe have no interest at it like in it at all. It doesn't matter. We're still going to talk a lot about teams um, that we like, players that we like. And so we're not going to be making any bets today. So it's not like we're pressuring you to make a bet. But you might learn a thing or two about this season because we've done a lot of research. And it was fun. It was fun to see FanDuel come out with the Golden Spikes list um, for odds on players to win the Golden Spikes. I wrote an article about it at 11.7.com. You can check it out if you want the written version. But, yeah, FanDuel came out with College World Series winners, um, the odds on those, and Golden Spikes winner, odds on those. And then Bet Rivers came out with probably my favorite futures thing that we've seen in college baseball, and that's just to make the College World Series. Like, will this team make the College World Series? And I want to throw this in here to both Jack and Dimitri. You know that, like, $1,000 bet we're talking about making, you know, futures bet? I think it should go on it. I think it should go to make the college world series that way when we're in omaha this summer we might have some extra spending money you guys like that or no i'll tell you this much ben there's a reason that they dogpiled to win a super regional to just even go to omaha i, I think if you take a mid-major at plus 30 to 1 odds to go to omaha you'll dogpile with them i'm all about that idea dude. oh dude i will make a trip to whatever super regional that's at and jump on that dog pile that's a hundred percent so that is um, something that I think we should consider with our big bet we're going to place, and we'll, we'll pin it to our Twitter profile. We'll make a big thing on our website as well. Uh, but I think we need to focus our energy there. But I could be talked out of it pretty easily. Anyways, you guys want to start? We got three three areas we can talk about. We can talk about to win the whole College World Series first. We can talk about to win the Golden Spikes. Or we can talk about just make it to the College World Series. What kind of odds do we want to talk about here? Let's, let's, let's do... Um, make the College World Series first, and then that'll kind of lead us into who will win the College World Series, and then that'll lead us into player of these teams, and we can talk a little bit about Golden Spikes. You know what, Dimitri? I love that, dude. I love that strategy out of you. That's good. So uh, we were kind of joking about this before the show, um, but college baseball is such a copycat league when it comes to – not only like way coaches recruit and play style of baseball, like it seems like once once one team has success, everybody else follows suit. 
whether it's with the Gorilla Ball era or the BB Core era with Ray Tanner in South Carolina. Now we're kind of going back to a Gorilla Ball area, um, area of the game. But so college baseball as a whole is kind of a copycat league. College baseball content is kind of a copycat league when you think about it. Now, I mean, know, everybody, everybody knows. Hold on, let me finish this thought before I just completely have <laughs> word diarrhea. Like we all know, like Baseball America, D1 Baseball, those guys, like they're the in-depth like scouts. Like they can tell you about pretty much every player. Uh, you know, you got a couple other ones like College Baseball Central, College Baseball Hub, us, and things like that. That you know, we we all produce our own content in different ways, but for the most part, like we're all getting information from coaches or players of these teams, and and it feels like everybody is always on like one or two teams to be great you know, one or two mid-majors to be great. And it never really shakes out that way, right? Besides last year where everybody was on LSU and Wake Forest and it ended up, you know, practically being that. So I say all of this because we might say some things today when we're talking about odds on like teams to win the College World Series. Like we might say, you see Santa Barbara plus 9,000, 90 to one. That doesn't mean we actually think they're going to win the College World Series. Like, we're just going to kind of skew away from what you're hearing from all other, you know, seven or eight college baseball outlets out there. Like, we're going to try to give you information you're not getting from those guys. Not that we're right or wrong, anything along those lines. We just want to make sure we're giving you different perspective. Um, so I have the odds pulled up here on Bet Rivers. College baseball gambling is also a huge copycat league. Like, I guarantee you, here, like FanDuel, <laughs> DraftKings, everybody, they're going to have to make college to make the College World Series odds up within a week. Like, they just, everybody follows suit. So, Bet Rivers just happens to be the first one. Do you guys have no. it pulled up? Yeah, no. I'm pulling it up now. What I was going to say before was um, speaking on, um, touching up on your copycat idea of college baseball. I would say most sports are pretty copycat, especially like a like fantasy football and all the dynasty and single season and best ball for fantasy football. They say one player is a buy. Everybody starts saying buy. This guy's a buy. This guy's a buy. And then yeah. they say this guy's a sell. He's a sell. Everyone does it. They just regurgitate the same thing over and over each week. Let's just say, to, I mean, last year, um, the running back for the Chiefs. Oh, my God. Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. He went off for like 100 yards and touchdown last week, and he was on most people's waiver wires. And everybody was like, I say Pacheco, great waiver wire pickup this week. And everyone's like, bro, like nobody, he's not on the waivers anymore. It's like people pick him up two weeks ago. What are you talking about? He's a waiver ad and a must ad. So that part is, uh, is annoying in terms of copycat. But I think college baseball is copycat in terms of the skeleton of the content, but the way people produce it and the you know the touch on it, pretty unique amongst the, everybody, all the different outlets and brands. So I would never yeah. challenge another brand. Let everybody create content and let the people pick who they like the best. I think that's the most healthy way for um, people to cover sport. Create yeah. different outlets, similar concept, because everyone thinks LSU is the best team in the country or Florida or whatever. Let everybody agree on that. That's fair. But let everybody um, portray or display why they think so in their own unique way. I think that's the most healthy way to cover a sport in, in terms of a community. 
Right. I, I mean, I just guarantee you guys, if we came out today and we're like, listen, like Louisiana Tech is the best mid-major in the whole country. Like these guys are freaking <laughs> legit. We had boots on the ground at their scrimmage over the yeah, weekend. Sure. Like these guys are legit. I promise you, you will see people tweeting and like people following suit and being like, yo, I heard La Tech is like the real deal. Like, yeah, maybe we should yeah. rank them in the top 25. Like it, it's just like that kind of thing. I saw it last year with Wright State. I knew barely anything about Wright State other than I, I never watched them play. I knew how they played from the past. And like I knew their stats that were out on box scores. Like I was a big believer in what Wright State does. I didn't watch any of their games on ESPN Plus, but I came out and was like, you know what? Like I'm putting a future down on Wright State to win this regional. Like these guys are good. Uh, this and that. And then sure enough, you just see tweets from everybody. <laughs> Every college baseball handicapper out there, like Wright State. I love them. Plus fourteen hundred to win the regional. Like, this is the team, dude. Like, nobody knew who Wright State was. That's like ben, what does it happened with Fanduel. You were like, "Here's my five guys that didn't make the list." Literally, less than twenty four hours, those guys were on there. And then I saw a couple of tweet people tweet, "Ooh, I really like." Um, yeah. So I really like so and so from wherever, and I was just like, "Hey, Ben Upton, he moves the needle." Uh, does Ben? I was going to ask Ben. Does it feel cool to have that much power? I mean, no. big dick energy all over college baseball's forehead. No, listen, guys. This has nothing to do with me personally. I think they were like, <laughs> okay, this guy. He probably has a you know a few people that listen to him. Those five guys are not going to win the Golden Spike. So yeah, we'll gladly put them <laughs> on there and win their money. Like that's probably well, you know you know for a fact some of the South Carolina fan put money on Ethan Petrie just in spite. They're like, oh, my God, Ethan Petrie, probably not going to win. Just say a sophomore, is probably not going to win. Could he? Yeah, he's in the SEC. If you hit well in the SEC, you play defense fairly well, and you're a major part of a top 10 program team, you're right there in it. You're, pro- you're, name, you're probably going to New York for the final. So it's not outrageous to say that, but FanDuel probably like, okay, if we add those guys, we, get, we, we feed off of prey off of their emotions right now. It's a donation. That's what it is. It had nothing to do with me. Like if Kendall Rogers would have said something or, you know, Johnny from down the street said something on Twitter, FanDuel would be like, yeah, we'll put odds up. Like, we'll put them on, we'll put on there. Yeah. And you know what's oh. funny? Wait, actually, I know we said we we're going to start with the um, odds to make the College World Series, but I have a lot of opinions about this Golden Spikes betting. Can I? I have one thing ahead? before we get into any of this. Okay. Do you guys agree with me? Since everyone's talking about it, it's been on Twitter all day. Of course, it was the AFC NFC Championship yesterday. I had this thought. I was watching the game at a bar yesterday. I had this thought. The Kansas City Chiefs, everybody's tired of seeing Taylor Swift on their screen. Taylor Swift is the Vandy Whistler, and the Kansas City Chiefs are the Vanderbilt Commodore. That's what I equivalated to. Everyone's sick and tired of hearing the Whistler. Everyone's sick and tired of hearing, hearing or seeing Taylor Swift. So, perfect and perfect comparison. The Chiefs are the Vanderbilt Commodore. Nobody wants to see them win. Nobody likes them for whatever reason, but they just keep on winning and they just keep putting up that middle finger to everybody. And guess what? The Vandy Whistler can keep whistling. Taylor Swift can keep being on your television screen. You need to hurry up and make that graphic because I think that would go mega viral. Because you're right. Like that is the best comparison I've heard in a long time. Like. Who's the most famous non-college baseball player or coach out there? It's the Vandy Whistler. Everybody knows him. You know, he's got his, like, group of people that support him. And then, you know, most people hate him. Now, I'm not saying Taylor Swift's hated by any means. Like, she's probably no, the most hated But people are so tired of just seeing her after every 
you know, every single play, basically. What is she doing in her suite? Like, dude, if I'm watching a football game, I don't care what Taylor Swift's doing. And, I mean, to take a step further, like, what makes this comparison great All right. and why, why I love it is because the Kansas City Chiefs are, like, the best franchise we've seen since the Patriots. Like, that's the same thing Vanderbilt was, like, in the early two, 2010s up until, like, basically they're still, they're still, they're still good. They just good. keep reloading. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Oh, no, I forgot my train of thought here. It was so good. It was so good. It was so good. I'll tell you, if we're going to make that comparison, I think that Andy Reid's going to have to shed a couple pounds to look as good as Tim Corbin in the uni, though, I got to tell you. Yeah, Tim Corbin doesn't go home and eat three cheeseburgers after every game. I can guarantee you that. Ben, what were you just talking about? It triggered my train of thought. It was so good. What were you just talking about? Um, the Vandy Whistler having his little fan base. Everybody else kind of hates him. Uh, people are annoyed with him, seeing him on TV, hearing him on TV. Uh, let's see, Vanderbilt or the Kansas City Chiefs are the best. The Kansas City Chiefs are the best franchise we've seen since the Patriots. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said something about Taylor. Nobody actually hates her. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody actually hates her. Maybe they do. I don't know. Damn. Oh, oh, I know what I was gonna say. Let me ask you this when AJ McCarron's girlfriend was on TV, that whole national championship, were you mad about that? Uh, I was in like ninth grade, I believe, and no, I loved every bit of it. I mean, I was a fourteen-year-old man. Why are we not keeping the same energy here? Well, dude, it was fun to see Taylor Swift like week one, right? Like when she was at the game, it was like, oh, that's cool. Like we get to see her. But fair, fair. for eighteen weeks, are you kidding me? I think you got, yeah, I think we're also missing missing it a little bit. Um, hypothetically, when flops are on the ground, in my opinion, Taylor Swift is clearly the Livy Dunn of the college baseball world. Um, Oh yeah, I forgot about I that. Felt like, last year. I'll tell you, in in Omaha, being there, she had legitimately eight security guards with her at all times because <laughs> a college baseball, but Omaha has got to be the most dangerous place in the world for Libby Dunn. Like that's her home and mecca of fans. Dangerous yeah. for. Her. Yeah, I mean, I think college baseball fans are probably the horniest fan base out of any sport. We, like, oh man, dude, it was ten thousand. 14 to 16 year old, and then also 24 to 48 year old, and like, what the hell? That's why Aaron and I mean, no offense, Aaron Andrews is probably one of my favorite on the ground between innings reporters in Omaha. I mean, when I think of Rose and Black College World Series, Aaron Andrews is one of the figures that comes up in my memory. But dude, she, everybody loved her. Everybody loved seeing her walking around the dugouts and on the field. I mean, every, she was the talk of Omaha, Nebraska for that week. It wasn't who was playing, who was winning. It was Aaron Andrews this year. I, I actually forgot she did it for a while in like the two thousands. Yeah. Um, but like I remember, players would like try to give her their number. Like they, they were, they were steaming in the dugout all the time. Yeah, they were smirking in the background, like who? Aaron Andrews. Yeah. Aaron, you want to come interview me? Like, yeah, I remember all that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah. I don't mean I don't blame them. Anyways, let's talk. Let's talk Golden Spikes here. Um, here's an idea. You know how we give away like mid-major player of the year, winner at the end of the year. We haven't done it. We've we've talked about it for a while. But what if we give away the rubber spikes award? You know, everybody's talking about the oh. golden spikes. We got to find a way rubber spikes. You know, Molly. like the okay, but who's who's winning that? Well, we have to figure out what the rubber spikes award is first. I have no clue. But like that's what for non-baseball people out there, like you wear rubber spikes until you turn thirteen, and then you can put metal spikes on. And then, you know, the golden spikes is kind of a play on that. 
what could we do for a rubber spikes award? Because I well, love some, that name. Some players actually wear rubber spikes because it doesn't hurt. Yeah, no. legs yeah. Much. like some catchers. Catchers wear rubber yeah. spikes. That's a First fun fact. As well. Yeah. Jack was a catcher. Did you wear rubber spikes? I did. Yeah. We went molded. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, if we can make it a catch award, or we could just do the uh, rubber spikes award mid major player of the year for us. We could uh, we'll we'll get we'll get creative with it. We'll we'll dive we'll deep dive into that. Anyways, let's talk players now. Golden Spikes Award. So obviously, like you didn't even have to like follow college baseball to know who the lead favorite is. Like if you just are on social media between February of 2023 to June of 2023, like you know who the favorite is. Um, I mean he. Came in third place last year, I believe. Um, Dylan Cruz won the award, even though I think Paul Skeen should have won it. I thought he was the most dominant player all year. Who? But Oh, Paul. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Paul Skeen. I agree. But Jack Caglione last year, I think, had – I mean, it was one of the most remarkable seasons we've ever seen. Like 30 – how many homers he hit? 32 homers and also had like a four ERA, like Sunday starter. Did both ways. Uh, but I mean, unfortunately, I mean, LSU had a stranglehold on the sport last year, and like obviously, Dylan thirty-three homers, ninety RBI, three twenty-three with a four-three ERA, eighty-seven punches in seventy-five innings. I mean, that's a that's a all-American year offensively, and then that's just a. I mean, in the SEC, a four-three seven-four win, four-three ERA, eighty-seven Ks in the SEC. You're probably a, you're you're pushing maybe a second team, third team All SEC on top of a All American offensive season. That's a slam dunk favorite to win it. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think he is kind of a slam dunk favorite to win it this year. Like if he puts up any numbers like remotely close to what he did last year, it's going to be almost impossible for somebody to outplay him, right? Like it, it would have to take like a 35 homer year or someone to hit 500 in the SEC or ACC, like. The, we've gotten to the point now where there's such a pattern to like Golden Spikes winners that you can, I, I think really after Bryce Harper won it in 2010, when he was like a junior college player that won it, everybody was like, whoa, I didn't even know a junior college player could win it. Like, yeah, anybody, any amateur baseball player can win it. Like you can be in high school, play NAIA, JUCO, D3, D2, D1. Yeah. I mean, it is the best amateur baseball player in the country. So that's a fun fact for a lot of people that are like, oh, I thought it was just Division One. Hey, question. Um, no. Was Mac Clark in New York last year for the for the Golden Spike? Or was he no, just, uh, I don't even, I don't even so, I think he was a semifinalist. Yeah. I think he got away so, up to yeah. semifinalist. And they didn't yeah, and they didn't do it I know in New York, but they did it they did it in Omaha, like before the final yes, college, yeah, yeah. like before the World Series. So and I think the other really interesting piece of it, like if you are gonna go bet this prop, um to me, like Chase it back. Like, this is a Team USA award, too. Like, if you've, like, gone the stars and stripes, like, they're most likely going to give it to you. I'm not saying that, like, it's almost like being a good college recruiter. But, like, if I recruit a guy, I'm going to give him the opportunity because I kind of want to be right. Team USA is giving this award out. They mm-hmm. want it to be one of their guys that's maybe been wearing their jersey. And to me, that's why Dylan Cruz, like, who, by the way, just – I mean, he fucks. He fucks so hard. Like, yeah. he's such a good college baseball player. He had the numbers. But he was also a Team USA player since he was 14. So I think that plays a big part in it as well. Dude, I didn't I even think that about that. Yeah, that's a great nugget there. I did, I did not even think about it, but you're right. Like, Team yep. USA, they give away the award every year. And that, dude, wow. You just changed my whole perspective. I should have wrote about that. So Look at you. Hey, so, hey, hey. Tip of the cap. Congratulations, Jack. 
That's your that's, first hey. nugget of the 2024 season that you're just like, okay, we like this guy. You're about, you're, yeah, you're inviting next week. But back to, to Kelly Anone. Um, let's just say if he's top five in the SEC in homers and he's top 10, top 15 in inning pick, total inning pick, with anything under a five ERA, he's getting it, right? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. so. I mean, but I, I, we really can't. We really can't tell though, because I mean, other players play a big part in this as well. Like if Peyton Tolley from TCU goes out and hits twenty-eight homers and has a three ERA and leads the team and wins, like yeah, sure, sure. But I think the the threshold would be finish top ten in total inning pick, keep it under a five ERA because that means you were an impactful player on the mound, mm-hmm. and then you let's just say top ten in homers, twenty. 15 to 18 or more homers plus 100 innings or 80 innings, whatever on the mound, top 10 in the conference. That's two players in one player. And that's basically a cheat code to win the Golden Spikes. Right. I just hope for the sake of college baseball and the sport, like Jack Caglione stays healthy all year and is able to just not fall into like a slump or like a mental battle. Because you see it all the time in college baseball. Like it's such a mentally draining sport where. You play a weekend series, you go two for 12, and you have to come around on a Tuesday and play against, like, I don't know, Bethune-Cookman. And it's like, dude, if you go 0 for 4 against Bethune-Cookman, like, your brain is scrambled eggs. Like, you don't know how to think going into the next weekend. So, And on that, too, like, that's where I think he is really different. Like, if you remember in the College World Series last year, he was not having the best World Series at the plate. Like, I think he was hitting 214 going in to that championship series against LSU Um, and watching him during BP, like you could see like visibly frustrated. And then what's he doing game one? Hey, he goes two for four. And then in game two hits two home runs in the first two innings of the game. And and like got to interview him afterwards. And he was like, yeah, it was nice to kind of get that proverbial, like weight off the shoulders. Um, But to me, like we won, like that's, that's all that really matters today. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like you're awesome. And you're a good dude. And just like, wants to win? Like awesome. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. Um, so let me run through the list. We'll do, we'll do the top eleven people here first. Um, I'm trying to get into the FanDuel app, but it won't let me. So I might have to just pull so, it up from the article. So the top ten is Calione plus five hundred. All right, we got to fix that right now, dude. It's not Caglione. It's Calione. Is it? My, have it's I been it's saying it wrong? In Italian, you say Calione. Oh, I forgot you just played. Baseball and Italy. So G, okay, fun fact for everybody: G L and I in Italian is like a, um, a like a emphasized L with a slight accent on the G. So it's Calianone. Rosetta Stone over here. I love that. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Caglione for the whole year. If I'm no, wrong, no, I apologize. It's Calianone. I, I just but can't say that. I, I can't cats, say that right? word. <laughs> say it, Calianone. Calianone. Yeah, Calianone. Anyway, that's a side of pasta. That's what I want. Nick um, Kurt, plus 600. I, I got it pulled up here. The, the update. Right, then you rattle off the rest. Yeah, so Nick Kurt's plus 750 now. Uh, Cags was plus 470. Um, you got Ooh. Weatherholt from West Virginia, plus 750. Bazana, plus 1200. Tommy White, plus 1500. Charlie Condon, plus 1500. Malcolm Moore, plus 1600. Ethan Petre went. Petra went from off the board to plus seventeen hundred overnight. Ooh, so that's a big add on to that. That means Vance Honeycutt dropped a lot because that means Malcolm yeah. Moore jumped him and Petri jumped Vance Honeycutt, who I think 
did a great play. We'll get into yeah. that. Uh, Vance Honeycutt's plus 1,900, and then Braden Montgomery and Mike Sirota plus 2,600. We'll stop there, and we'll do the rest here in just a second. But, yeah, I mean, right now, this early, the lines are moving just based off of money. Like, if somebody bet a whole bunch of money yeah. on a guy, like, his odds yeah. are going to drop – or, yeah, drop lower. Looks like a lot of people are hammering CAGs right now because he, you know, plus 470. But, um, I mean, out of that list of guys I just read off, like, I'm going to go off and well, – I'll start as a hater – I don't think Malcolm Moore needs to be this high at all. Um, I know Jack loves him, and I do too. Like I think he's a great, you know, a great pro prospect, left-handed hitting catcher from Stanford, and um, you know has some power numbers. But when when you think of Golden Spikes, like you have to think of like an explosive player, like an absolute game changer, and like Malcolm Moore does not have the best reputation as a defender behind the plate yet. I know I'm sure he worked on it all summer, all fall, but I just don't see him as a Golden Spikes winner. Like, he could put up a good year, but I think he hit, like, 320 last year, like, 17, 18 homers. Uh, I think he's going to have to take a big jump to be in that group of guys that I just listed off because I think the other – I think everybody else on that list is, like, explosive, electric, like, could easily win the award. So, I mean, let's just say, Calianone, Kurt, Weatherholt, I would put Honeycutt in this group. They can hit a single – Fire up the home dugout, get everybody going, steal second base, base knock the right field, they score, they head first dive, everyone's going crazy in a, in a, in a big time game. That's when I visualize as a Golden Spikes guy. Dealing Did you leave off Bazana? You meant Bazana too, right? Yeah, I meant Bazana. Bazana. Yeah. Okay. It's like, how are you going to say that without his name? Guys, well, yeah. Keep going, sir. So, Calianone is only the favorite because he has. Power and everyone loves power in baseball now. And he pitches with flame throwing stuff. So he's got power. Kurt, not going to be a guy that's going to steal a lot of bags. Not a versatile guy. He's just a big bopper who can play first base at a high level. He really can hit. So when you think of Weatherhold, Bazana, um, Condon can maybe get in there. Petri, not so much, but Honey, because those are my three like versatile guys that if they steal 30 bags, put up 20 plus home run, push that. 350, 375 average area, those guys are going to get a lot of attention. See, to me, the, the name that you did leave off, that like if I were to hypothetically invest my money into one college baseball player, to me, like, I, I think the value for Tommy White is nuts. Like, it felt mm-hmm. like he had a bad year last year because there was so much praise on Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens that you forgot about the guy that hit a ho-hum 345. I think it was, yeah, he hit 375 last year and 105 RBIs. You want to talk about a guy that fires up the first base dugout. Like, that? he's got a tiger tattooed on his forearm. Like, Tommy Tanks, I think, is the embodiment of the Golden Spikes. Like, that plus 1,400, like, I might go, like, make a down payment on a mortgage. Like, that's the guy right there. Dude, and he, he was playing hurt last year. Like, he dislocated his shoulder sure. the first weekend. And he, he missed a bunch of games, too. Like, he had a, over 100 RBIs and probably missed 10 games and wasn't healthy. Jimmy's with a bad shoulder, and he's still right center. Like, he's crazy to them. Let me play devil's advocate here. All the attention. Paul Skeen, gone. Dylan Cruz, gone. All the attention is on Tommy Tanks now. Right. Because he – I'm okay. He's done it before at NC State his freshman year. He was the talk of the town week in and week out. He's been in the spotlight. He knows how to do it. He went to LSU, kept 
doing damage at the plate. Don't get me wrong. He, he still had a top 10 year out of all those guys. But third year LSU, he's got a draft aspirations. He's got a lot of things going on. Spotlight on him 110% now. Right. It's hard to produce three straight years. If yeah, really but he's hard. built for the spotlight, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just playing devil's yeah. advocate here. So no, I, I should love that point, too. And that's kind of like – like I think Malcolm Moore is a bona fide first-rounder. Like the swing to me, close your eyes, is literally Adley and Rutschman. Like I think they're very similar. But to me, like no Braden Montgomery. Like all of a sudden like that lineup changes when you are the central focal point. not protected in the lineup either. So you're not protected. There's who's hitting behind you. Like if I'm game planning from a rotation, all I have to focus on is making sure that guy doesn't beat me. Mm-hmm. I think that LSU offensively, like yeah, we lost Dylan Cruz, but like they also lost Cade Beloso and like they lost. Yeah, and, and they have what I think six bats drafted out of that lineup. So you're going to ask a lot about a guy like Michael Braswell who's going to show into town, but they also still have. Malazzo and Hayden Dravinsky. So I think that those veterans can kind of like help coach him through it. But to Ben's point, like, I, I don't know if there's anybody that loves the spotlight more. Like, I, to mm-hmm. me, it's the biggest home run in the history of the college world series. Like to me, it's a do that. Yes. I, I think you're right. Three years of college baseball, like to put up those numbers is astronomical, but he's on pace to do what like Rendon did at Rice, like do things mm-hmm. that no one's ever seen before. And you're like, wait, how did he, 374 and 24 Jimmy's with no shoulder is bonkers. And I, I yeah. think he's that guy. Yeah, no, I, I'm not worried about him at all. I think he is uh I mean, I think he's just the most ready hitter in in, in college baseball. Like I think you could put him in an MLB lineup and he'd he hit 220, 230. Like he just has very few weaknesses. Um I'm gonna throw a name out there that like could have possibly won the award last year that not a ton of people are talking about, but JJ Weatherholt from West Virginia. I'm going to read his numbers, 449, 24 doubles, 16 homers, 60 RBIs, and 36 stolen bases, and he wasn't a finalist last year. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> like, any other year, I think he wins it, and he's coming back. Is it crazy that he was not a transfer portal guy going to somewhere in the SEC and stuff like that? He stayed oh, I respect the, the hell out of he that. He stayed in the country. Yeah. He stayed up in the West Virginia in the mountain. Yeah. I, you know, I had the opportunity to interview him when he was playing for Team USA this summer. Um, and it's like, I, I asked him, I was like, hey, dude, what's it like to, not to say that West Virginia isn't that, but when you're playing for Team USA, you're playing with the best of the best. I said, what's it like to play with this many dudes, right? Like, what's mm-hmm. it? And he was like, dude, I'm so excited to take some of the things that I've learned from a guy like Michael Massey at Wake and take them and like re implement them back at West Virginia. Like, I'm so stoked to learn some like hitting things from Charlie Conant and what they talk hitting philosophies at Georgia and take them back to Morgantown and talk to them with my boys. I was like, same thing. Like, dude, you're, you're this young and already like excited to like help coach up the guys around you up there. Like talk about a guy, not one to leave. Like that's so cool to me that he's yeah. already like, Oh man, like, this is how we're going to make West Virginia premier blue blood powerhouse. I was like, that's sick. Like, I don't think a lot of guys think like that. That guy is crazy. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, here's another name. I mean, Nick Kurtz. I mean, this weekend, team started their inter-squad scrimmaging, and it felt like Wake Forest Baseball Analytics, that account, was tweeting out, Nick Kurtz, 109 off the bat, line drive off the right field wall. Nick Kurtz, you know, three-run bomb, 425 feet. Like, he is unbelievable in the and box. Like, keep in mind who he's facing. He's facing arguably the number one pitching staff in the country. <laughs> yeah, and he just is – 
obliterating baseballs this early. Like he he's one of those guys that takes up the whole batter's box because he's just so big. Like his legs are so long, his arms are so long, and dude, it's a pretty sight when the wind's blowing out thirty miles an hour. They play in a small field, three ten down the lines, and he just launches a ball and nobody turns around. Like nobody on defense even turns around to watch. All right, let's take this one step further. Calianone, Kurt, Weatherholt, Badana, Tommy White, or the field? Oh, shit. What kind of odds am I getting? Just even odds, both? Let's just say, yeah, let's just say it's even odds. Um, I think they all follow us on Twitter, so I'll take the field and I will DM them all. Just say, hey, just don't. You can be good this year. Just don't be good. Don't be great. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, that would be my strategy. Do me a solid. You say that. Say that for pro ball. You've done enough in college. Yeah, take it easy this year. Hey, you're, don't you're get hurt. NC, you're playing against NC A and T this week or in this uh, this midweek. Like, just take the game off. Say you're sick. Say your tummy yeah. hurts. Hey, hey. Say hey. your tummy hurts. Um, uh, load management on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Dimitri, that's a good point. I'm curious of of all of those guys that aren't on that list. Like if you had those five versus the field, who's your dude that like might surprise you and get you? Dude, I mean, I, I'm, I like Van I'm a Vance Honeycutt guy. He's a center fielder. He's athletic. He's fast. He's got some juice. He already went through a sophomore slump a little bit last year. He wasn't like uh, – I mean, I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I don't think he was elite level in terms of right. numbers. Um, I think he started out really slow last year. Sophomore slump is normal. Happens to the best of, um, of guys. So Vance Honeycutt is a dude – Seaver King, I really don't know much about him. I just know his draft profile. I just never seen this guy play with my own eye. I like to trust my own eye. A lot of people haven't. Yeah, he played Division so II baseball I, last year. I would steer clear for now. Let him play for two, three weeks. Let me see what he's got, and then I'll come back to that one. Shout, yes, out, shout out to Winding yes, Pitcher and a mid-major is it's nearly impossible. You, He has to go 13-0 with a sub-1 ERA, Chris Sale-like stuff. Even Who are you me. talking about here? Yes, Savage. Oh, you savage? Yeah. How do you say, what is it, Yesavage or Yesavage? I say, I say Yesavage because I think that's a sick name. But, dude, I'll tell you, I think he does have a path. Dude, Trey Yesavage has a path. I think he's going to be their Friday night guy this year. I think he's going to be in the rotation. Did not know that until like two days ago. And, dude, the American conference is down. Like, if ECU is like, you know, a national seed, he goes 13 and 0 with like a 1.5 ERA. Like, people are going to love to vote for him. I think he's got a path. I see it too. He doesn't have to face SEC talent or ACC, Big 12, Pac-12 talent every single weekend. Chris Sale like stuff. Like yeah. you have to put up those kind of numbers. Yeah. That's like the benchmark for me for a mid-major guy or a non-power five arm to win it. Who was I, the, I was uh, curious. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Jack. Mine was going to be no, stupid. I, no, I was just thinking, like, if if Skeens didn't do it last year as a pitcher, like, what numbers would you need, like, from a dominant standpoint? And the one guy that keeps standing out to me is the dude who probably finished the season on the mound hotter than anybody is Chase Burns. Like, if Chase Burns, mm -hmm. as a starter, because he's for sure going to start at Wake, instead of coming out of the back end, gets the innings and volumes, puts up Skeens-esque numbers, right? Like, being in the ACC, like Dimitri already said, is, is going to be a powerhouse. Like, he, to me, is super, super interesting because I think from a build standpoint, he, he's very similar to Skeens. He's got the wipeout slider. He could strike out, it feels like. He shows emotion, too. 
Oh, mm. dude, and he's like he's captivating, right? Like he had like he was a part of that Tennessee team that like really made you hate him a little bit. And he's got that edge where he, he's like, I don't care. And he brings that to Wake, which makes him really interesting. So it's like if I were to have if I had to hang my money on an arm, that would be my guy. He's yeah, guy. I think there's only two arms. I, I agree with that hundred percent. I wrote about it in the article too, where I was yeah. like, Chase Burns definitely has the Paul Skeens potential. Like he could go out and like if he if this Wake Forest pitching lab and this you know, the coach Muscala and all of those guys, like it, it's been working for a while. Um, but if they could fix Chase Burns to be anything like Paul Skeens, like he could win this award. The, the other arm that I think has a legitimate shot is Hagen Smith from Arkansas. Like he's 97 to a hundred all fall. And last weekend in the pre-spring lefty, uh, yeah, left-handed starting pitcher. And I mean, he's electric too. Like when he's on his a game, I mean, he was like pound for pound with Skeens. That, that I mean, one you remember start. that game. You remember that game. It was Hagen Smith and who was the other lefty from Arkansas that piggybacked him? Do you remember uh, what game I'm talking I, about? At LSU in the box, they mm-hmm. they caught they cut him off so bad. They cut their ass up. It was Hagen Smith <laughs> and the other lefty from Arkansas. Um, either anyway, he does that night in and night out every Friday night in the SEC. Hagen Smith will be in that conversation, hundred percent. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I, I, I think Josh Hartle's good for Wake Forest. He, he's got odds. Yeah, I don't think he has uh, that it factor, that change yeah. swag, that emotion. Yeah. Like, you need to show a little bit of that. Ooh, like that. Yeah, like, we say all make, this. Yeah. We say all of this, and just remember who won it in twenty twenty one. Kevin Copps, like the least emotional, yeah. Yeah. least electric yeah. stuff. Kevin Copps would flex his arm and like scream when he came out of the big jam. He showed emotion. I mean, most guys do, but I feel like that's I feel like that's like a sixth factor in the voting. You know how they say five cool guy, you know, like stuff yeah. like that. You gotta have that sixth factor. Dimitri, what you're trying to Dimitri, what you're trying to say is does he move the needle like a guy yeah. like Ben does in college baseball? Does he move does, the needle like Ben does? <laughs> All right. Um who who was runner up in twenty twenty one? Like who who is Cops's competition for the Golden Spikes? I cannot was even that remember. Andrew Vaughn here. No. What's his name from no. Florida? Who? Who was before Langford? Wyatt Langford. Oh, um, the other big time hitter at Florida. Dude, I'm so bad. I have it. I have it pulled up. But as I'm pulling it up, another guy. Hey, people, this guy got it. It's Dakota Jordan. From Mississippi State. Oh yeah, dude, his if odds are he, way too he, big. If he keeps running and balls running into his barrel enough times this year, I mean, you know, Duty Noble, you can park balls all over that stadium. Yeah, and he's got that line drive, he's got that that juice off the bat, like Dylan Cruz does. I mean, I'm not saying he's a polished of a hitter, but think about Mississippi State, big old power hitter like that. He will get national attention really quickly. And then Hunter Hines both like they're hitting back to back in the order. Like pick your poison. Like do you want the do you want the righty that can hit the ball four hundred feet? Do you want the lefty that that can hit the ball four hundred and fifty feet? Like that I, I do think Dakota Jordan has a, a real shot to win it if he has like an Ivan Melendez type of year, thirty plus homers. You know they go to you know regional, super regional, whatever it is. But um, he's a really good hitter. Like he's somebody that was born to hit a baseball. Yep. So going back to 2021, Kevin Copps won it. Lighter and Kumar were fi- the, the other two finalists. Uh, that's and right. then you had Tanner Allen. You had uh, Colton Cowser that year. You had Jace Young, Nico Cavadas. Um, 
Then you remember speaking that? Of, speaking of balls at Mississippi State, uh, Nico Cavada yeah. still owns that. Oh, he owns the whole ballpark. <laughs> hey, you remember that pitcher from Fordham? He had a sub one five ERA, uh, Mikulski. That's yeah, I remember. On Friday night, that absolutely tore. It's impossible. It's nearly impossible to win it. Dude, that guy was the greatest, but no one can convince me otherwise. That guy, I you could have given me a boat paddle, and I I think I hat tricked in the first three at bats, and I was yeah. like, that guy, no, oh. he was so. Landon Sims was um with a uh, semifinalist that year too. So yeah, I mean, you you have to beat a lot of games every year. There's a couple hitter that it just makes it so hard for a pitcher to win. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's going to be interesting. Let's run through the names on the back half of that list. Um. And if we forget somebody, forgot somebody, I'm sorry. But um, let's see. Pulling it back up. So we'll start at the bottom at 50 Tyson to 1. Neighbor, Rodney Green. Yeah, Tyson Neighbors, 50 to 1. You know, he's going to be – I think he's going to close for Kansas State. I've heard some things he, he might be a starter. He's their, he's their X factor out of the bullpen. Yeah, I know. But I've heard that by the end of the year he'll be a starter. So we'll see. Um, Rodney Green Jr., kid from Cal. I mean, looks like King Griffey Jr. Like just awesome swing. Great player. Uh, Peyton Tolley, two-way player last year at Wichita State, transfers to TCU. Like fifty to one for him seems like good value. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Kozar, catcher, NC State. Cam Smith, third baseman, Florida State. Will Taylor, he's a um, uh, Clemson. Cam Camarella, Clemson. Dimitri, don't you like Caleb uh, Lomavita? Isn't that you? I do. I do like him. I do think he's a really good hitter. Um, it's just you. I just know how it is, and this is not me. This is just the national narrative it's really hard for a pac 12 player to win if they're not a top five pick in the draft kind of guy well dude andrew vaughn won it adley rutschman yeah. won it okay oh wait who andrew, oh yeah but those guys were those guys were top 10 picks in the draft kind of guy they were everyone knew who they were they had an unbelievable year and they won a guy like loma vita is probably a borderline second round pick second he's probably a top three pick right now today maybe it's hard for you to move that far up the tier list of getting into that. But I mean, of course, if you hit a 30 homer season, and but you know how hard it is to hit 30 home runs on the West Coast? Fields yeah. are big. Pitcher, pitch, pitching is usually really good across the board in the conference. It's just hard. It's just really hard to do, put up an offensive year like some of these Cracker Jack parks in the Southeast. That's, <laughs> dude, that's a fact. Um, speaking of Cracker Jack parks in the Southeast, Shane Lewis from Troy. Big right field wall, but yeah. pretty short over there. He hit 27 last year, right? Yeah. People forget he's a switch hitter. Crazy. I know. Dog. I, hey, I think hey. I think it's going to take a lot for him to win it, but he does come into the year with a lot of hype. Like, Troy's going to be good. This. Someone said this. Not me. I didn't say this. Did Peyton Tully, the Walmart version of Calianone? Don't say Walmart version, man. I, I didn't say this. I saw this somewhere on Twitter. The the kid down the down the road for me at this eight U, you know, coach pitch league or maybe not eight U. Let's say nine U. Like he could be Walmart version. Like a nine year old could be a Walmart version of Cax or Otani. Peyton Tall is a damn good player, dude. Like he is. Like he could have a better year this year. Like he could. He could. Very well, that far off. I didn't so. say that. I just saw it, and I was just getting people's opinions on that. Right. Hey, if you see anybody on Twitter this year say that he's a Walmart version, oh, I screenshot the report and block. A screenshot. And, no, 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 no. Screenshot for receipts. We like receipts. We will not stand for this. No way. He's a dude. He's a damn good player. Like he, like, like I said, fifty to one odds on him is great value. Yeah. Um, let's see. What I leave off? 
Yeah, we already talked about Chase Burns, thirty-seven or plus thirty-seven hundred, crazy. And Canarello. Yeah, Canarello. I don't know can win the award plus forty-eight hundred. He just doesn't have any power, but he is an exciting yeah. player to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I'll throw a name out there, and people might think this is hate or disrespect, but I, I don't think that. I wrote about it too, and nobody nobody challenged me on it. But I don't think Brody Brecht can win this award. I don't think he can. Why? You to, why? If, if, thank if you for Yesovich, asking. Why. If Yesovich from East Carolina had the chance to win it, Brody Brecht should have an even higher chance to win it. If you think, I will tell you why. I'm glad you asked. Um, now this is all this is all speculation. This is all like how my brain thinks. Brody Brecht is like almost a guaranteed first rounder, and you're playing at Iowa, right? Where it's, you know, not a, I mean, they're a great baseball program. Like, highly respect them. I highly respect the program, but they're going to protect his arm this year because the last thing you want is somebody throwing 104 miles an hour to get tired and, you know, pitch a bunch of innings. And then at the end of the year, he's throwing 96, 97. That hurts his draft stock. I mean, I, I, I would respect him if he went out there and, Tried to win a national championship with the Iowa Hawkeyes and, you know, win a Big Ten title, throw seven, eight innings every weekend. Um, but when you're, when you're thinking about money, like in the first, I mean, he could, he could be a top five pick this year, throwing 102, 104 miles an hour. Is Chase Burns going to be on the inning limit? Is Hagen Smith going to be on the inning limit? Is Thatcher Hurd going to all of a sudden be on the inning limit? Is Trey Yesterday going to be on the inning limit? No, they could. Well, I'm saying they could. One hundred percent, they could. So, so why did Brody Brecht have no shot of winning it? If you said ten minutes ago, some of those guys have a shot. I'm because a Brody I think right because now. I think I was going to protect him. Like I'm saying, like I think right. that program and that staff will protect him because, like, if Chase Burns goes down, Tennessee's got twenty twenty five graduates, twenty twenty six graduates that are already signed Tennessee. and committed to the team. What Tennessee? Yeah, I'm so, oh, sorry, Wake Forest. I, I was thinking yeah, Chase Burns. argument's um, invalid. It's over. You don't know. No, no I'm just no. saying, like, this no, is Iowa's golden child to have a top five overall pick. Like, he's – and his arm motion is so violent. His slider is so violent. Like, it just takes, like, one hiccup, and his draft stock goes from top five pick to Same second thing round. No, but it's it's different, though. It's different. I, I, I think it's different. Why. From, as an arbitrator in this situation – I think that if if Iowa isn't a chance to host a regional, that Murdy Breck is going to be their guy. He's going to be their horse. Thank you. The reason they do Thank that you. for sure, for sure, Demetri, I'm with you on that. Counter argument: Do you think Iowa has as good of a national championship odds as Tennessee, Florida, and LSU? Like the three guys you just named? Like no, yeah. you know what I mean. So I think Iowa knows that like he's his future maybe at the forefront versus where like. LSU's got to worry about going and winning a natty this year, right? Like, that's why Thatcher Hurd's going to be okay. On the so, like, Brody Brecht's season will end three weeks earlier. His innings will be down 21 innings. Let's just say they go seven innings, three starts each in regional super in Omaha. That's 21 innings minimum. Brody Brecht will have less than that, and he doesn't have to chase a national champion. He'll pitch until Iowa's season right. is over. I agree. Yeah, I agree. If they're not a national like championship contender, he'll be there at the end with them. He'll fall or ride with the Hawkeyes. Hey, look, I hope I'm wrong. I'm just saying I believe Iowa's going to be very careful with them. That's fine. That's but you have to keep that same energy for some of these other guys. That's all I'm saying. And you know what? I've probably been wrong the most out of anybody here on this podcast um, <laughs> since 2019. I, I mean, I had a, colla a colossal 
failure of a decision last year saying Wake Forest wasn't very good. And I'm just putting that back <laughs> out in the universe because I deserve yeah, something good about. to me this year. Well, you know what you did? You just motivated them last year. Like they had yeah. your, your But they video. totally cared about my opinion. They totally cared they about had your, They had your face on their on their bulletin board. They would slap it before they took the field every day. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but, um, but like, like, like I'm saying, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from here. But Brody Breck, I hope I hope you hear this, dude. I'm rooting for you. Like I love – I'm actually probably the biggest Big Ten supporter on the pot. I think the Big Ten is going to be good this year. I hope you have an unbelievable season. I hope you win the Golden Spikes. I'm just telling you, I don't think you will. I just don't think you will. Ooh, I just don't think you will. I just don't think you will. Yeah. Uh, I might actually have to bet on him now. I yeah, I was going to say just to hedge, hedge, the, just hedge to, the edit right here. Yeah. You know, the classic social media trick of, like, talking bad about somebody, and then once they, they win a big game, right, like, so whatever, we'll, you just we'll post the on. ticket and be like, well, I bet on him, so like, <laughs> I, I was right. Um, did we leave anybody else off? Uh, Thatcher Hurd, I mean, I think – Maybe like, it would take a miracle season for him to win it, but like last year, he looked pretty good at the end of the year. So build off that. There's yeah, there's one I don't know if we've hit yet, but I, I I'd like to say I know Demetri, you wrote about him in November. I, I've been hands on with this program since May, but I, have we talked Sorota yet? At oh, we have not. No, have not. Demetri, you, you wrote about him in November. Here, objectively speaking. Great player, great program. They can do a lot of winning, which I'm let's be honest, winning matters in winning Golden Spikes. If your team is not a super regional caliber team, it's really hard to yeah. win this award. You have to break records in every dimension. So well, here's I'm just gonna be honest, it's really hard for him to win that. Sorota. See, here's my hot take, and maybe what, when we break down the conferences. Yeah. No, I'm saying that I think that if Northeastern goes out and wins 40 games, they're pre-ranked top 25. Like, it feels like I can't be like the guy that was like, yeah, but I've been on them forever because now, like we mentioned, the college baseball trend, everybody's all over Northeastern. Like, I knew they were going to be the underdog. Here's my hot take. I think the CAA might be better than the Big Ten. I think the CAA is loaded this year. I don't know if that's a hot take. I think that's a very good debate. Not a hot take at all. I was going to say, and for me, like when you look at Northeastern, UNC, Wilmington, both teams that made the, the tournament last year, Campbell now in the CAA is an absolute fucking wagon. The College of Charleston has got the CAA Shohei Otani. He's the CAA Shohei Cole Mathis who dominated Cape Cod, had the opportunity to broadcast all his games last year. He's a freak. So you got the Cougs. And then Elon who, by the way, just every year shows up and wins games. And, that, and that's five teams that, like, I felt like last year could all make an argument to get in. So, to me, that's where, like, I think the strength of the CAA this year could help a guy like Sorota. And he's also got a dude, and I, we talked about a little bit before the podcast, but Cam Maldonado is the most exciting freshman that played college baseball last year. I mean, he had 15 jacks and 32 packs. Like, to have a guy that sits next to him in right field who hits behind him in the lineup, like, they, you could make an argument because I do think the CA is that good. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. So let me say this about Sorota. He's got a path because who's a, who's an outfielder who came in with a lot of preseason hype and played at a mid-major and won the Golden Spikes, Dimitri? Um, mild mild Brewis or something? Close. It was our former teammate Kyle Lewis. Um, oh, Kyle Lewis. University, Ooh. 2016, tore up the Cape Cod League the summer before. 
and came into the season with a bunch of hype. No, we did not make a regional. No, we did not make a super regional. But he was the best player in college baseball. We'll never let it happen again. Why? You don't think the Golden Spikes will ever let it happen again? I don't think they'll ever let it happen again to that degree. That I mean, Kyle was as electric as you can get from an offensive standpoint. The, the, the award is becoming, I mean, of course, been popular since its inception in whatever year, the 80s, 90s. College baseball just getting more and more popular. Same thing with the Heisman Trophy. It's just becoming, it's not an objective anymore. It's not uh, an objective award anymore. It is that reason. Popularity content. It is that reason, Dimitri, that I would, instead of your top five guys versus the field, I would say, I would bet everything I had that a Team USA member wins that award this year. That is, we're going to have to keep note on that because that yeah. was the first time I ever heard that theory and I love it. Yeah. A little insider trading almost. So, hey, hashtag wait to see, but I got to finish. You forgot one team in the CAA. The, Pitching yep. staff that Mason McCray built the William and Mary tribe. Yeah. I just wanted to give him a shout out. I just wanted to give him a shout out. There, I'm not being <laughs> Well, I mean, technically, he went to uh, VCU. He wasn't even a William and Mary guy. Yeah. Well, hey, he we're an analytical guy. He told him who was good and he wasn't good. What'd you say, Jack? I said, we're going to start talking A-10. If you're going to mention D.C., don't let me get on my high horse and tell you that I will absolutely be taking we, money uh, on the best team in the A-10, the George Mason We will Patriots talk A-10. We will talk A-10 next week. <laughs> um, so as we transition here into teams that could make Omaha, betting on them, whatever, uh, next week's show is going to be a banger. Like We're going to go through all 30 conferences, pick our winners. Uh, we're going to pick Omaha 8. We'll do all the fun stuff, You know, all those awards. There just really wasn't a ton to talk about on this episode other than just betting. Like everybody's interested right now in the odds, like who can they get futures on this and that. So we'll, we'll save next week's episode as like the big, big banger. Um, are there any names that are, that is not. So how do I phrase this question? I think it's very, very likely that there could be a name pop up and win this award, the golden spikes award that, is not on this list. Like a guy we've never even heard of, possibly like a junior college transfer, maybe somebody from, uh, or maybe a freshman, maybe somebody that's transferring from D2, D3, whatever, that's a superstar and we just have no idea. So like, I'm sure there's going to be guys added on later in the year, maybe after the first weekend. But like, for example, like nobody knew who Tommy White was his freshman year at NC State. He goes off and hits eight homers in his first seven games, like two grand slams. And then it's like, whoa, who is this kid? So the winner might not even be on the list right now. I'll give you five guys that are not on this list that I think could have a shot. Jack mentioned one of them, Cole Mathis from um, College Charleston. Yeah. I'm not saying they can win. I'm just saying guys that could make some noise and get on people's radar and maybe a semifinalist or whatever. Mid, mid, what do they call it? Mid-season semifinalist for Golden Spike, something like that. There's the watch list and then the semifinalist. Yeah, then... yeah, okay. He'll be he could be a watch list guy. Um, Colby Shelton from Louisiana could be a, a watch list guy, semifinalist maybe. Um, Wait, who? Uh, Kyle DeBarge. You said Colby Shelton, who plays for Florida. All right, well, Shelton and Florida could be one too, but Kyle DeBarge okay. from Louis, uh, from Louisiana. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. I love that kid. Um, and then 
A Derek Bender from Coastal could be a guy if his power numbers go pretty high up this That's year. Really, anybody one. anybody at Coastal can win it. If you're a position yeah, player, or dude, even if they have a pitcher that throws like a, you know, if they have a pitcher below four ERA, Throw him in the Golden Spikes category because that's a good pitcher. Hey, you know who the guy that could come out of nowhere and win it? If he just goes off this year, unbelievable. Another SEC guy, um, Peyton Stovall at Arkansas. The the, the groundwork is laid out for him there. You ball out in the SEC at Arkansas, you can get your name in New York. You can get a plane ticket to New York and maybe have a shot. Um, I'm going to butcher this name, but Jace Lavietta, how do you pronounce it? dude. Yeah, from Texas Laviola, A&M. You, you said it right the first time. Yeah, Jace Laviota, dude. Oh, stunned. Jace Laviolette. What? How do you say it? No, Laviette. Yeah, you guys said it right the first time. Then he, uh, dude, he's a fun one. He is literally Cody Bellinger reincarnated when they play him in center. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I think he could win it easily. All right, and you know, you know it's a good one about that too. He's a Team USA guy. Team USA guy. Hear the name. Let me ask you this. A lot of people think he has a shot or he should be recognized as a potential. I love him from a leadership standpoint. He is the quarterback for South Carolina, is Cole Messina. I don't so, think he's going to put up the offensive production to be a finalist, but that guy could be a watch list guy. He could be a semifinalist guy. That was going to be my pick. I, I was I was curious, Ben. Jace was a great one because I think because of his ability to run at six five six six and play center field is so different. Demetri, here is where I think that Cole was a, a really good – defensively, if it wasn't for Kyle Teal at Virginia, I think he's the best catcher in the country last year. I think he is the best catcher in the country this year. I know D1 Baseballs came out today and said he was our first team All-American guy. He's one of those guys that remember last year, Dimitri, like early on, he had like 14 home runs in like the first like two weeks. And he's like that sexy pick where everyone's like, dude, he's going nuts. Like this guy's crazy. He went on like a Tommy White run his freshman year where he just went bonkers. To me, and again, I'm a little bit biased because he's for the brand and for the pencil, but he was hurt his freshman year. So really like he's just now getting into the full swing, swing of things in college baseball. And like to me, Getting that, like, if all the attention's on Petri, like, I, I think that Cole could hit 25 plus home runs. Like, he did it in high school, he did it last year. He could hit 25 home runs in that lineup. Um, and and I think with the defensive tool, which is what makes him such a like, I think, unique uh, MLB prospect, because I do think he's an MLB catcher. Um, dude, I, I think he could be like one of the last men standing. That would be my guy, not on the list. I bet his name pops up with odds at some point this season. Because you're right. Like, he he is such a like, – I don't even want to say streaky hitter, but when he's hot, like, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. And, like, he'll, he's due for at least one hot streak this year. So, I, I like that pick a lot, too. Um, any other names we want to throw out there? We want to move on to the – to get to Omaha Futures. Can, I'm before good. we move on, can I – All right. Because, Dimitri, you, you crushed the back end stuff. I want to see how much pull 11.7 has. Because Ben clearly just got that big swing and dick energy. Dimitri, I want you to write a little blog about your five guys. And if they show up on the freaking uh, odds list, I'm going to freak out. It's going to be awesome. All right. Do it. Do it. We'll try it out. We'll try it out. We'll test the waters. Copycat league. Everybody knows that. Um, All right. So these odds aren't as fun as uh, to win the College World Series. Like, basically, you're betting on a team to win a Super Regional. Like, that is the description here. Like Wake Forest at minus one twenty five, sure. Like go ahead and bet it, like if you want. But for me, that just doesn't 
too many things have to go right for that to happen for uh, minus 125. Like I'm just not touching it. Same thing with like Florida, LSU, Arkansas, TCU, Tennessee, like between the plus 100 and plus 120 range. I'm not betting that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, boys. Like that's not, it's not stirring the pot for me. Like I want to see some long shot bets because I mean, last year I bet Oral Roberts was probably 25 or 30 to one to get to the college world series. So for like a scale purpose, we'll start at the bottom here. Like you have Penn State at 124 to one. So you bet a dollar if they make it to Omaha, you win 124. So big long shots. So like nobody at the bottom really like interests me. Like Penn State, Pitt, Cal, Cal State, Northridge, UC San Diego. Like maybe UC San Diego at plus like plus 10,000, so 100 to one. Like, that's tempting. I think they're going to be really good this year. Samford, Rutgers, Ohio State, Sac State, Wichita State, VCU, San Diego State, Illinois, Charlotte, Baylor. Like, those are all greater than 50 to 1. I think if I had to pick one of those, like, maybe throw some money on Charlotte. Like, I know they – Dude, they have, like, 31 new players this year. It's not happening. Yeah, 31 new players, but like they actually got really good recruits. I don't know. Like you, you're not you're not you're not winning Omaha without any type of team chemistry unless no, they this is not a- winning. This is not winning Omaha. It's just getting there. Like win a super regional. Oh, oh, okay. Either okay, they're not making any I still stand on that. They're not making Omaha. Unless they create a world record fastest team chemistry I've ever seen, it is hard to put 31 new guys and create a lineup of nine guys together and get that far. I mean, you have, you have a lot of luck have to go your way to put that many new players together on the field. I'm going to need you to calm down because I did not say they were – I'm not saying I'm betting this. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if I had to pick one of those teams that most of these teams are booty butt cheeks. Like, well, don't give them bad advice. Don't even put it in their head that like, I would. Yo, I would probably hey. take a shot with Charlotte. I don't know. We're odds whoring it up. I like it. Come on, keep going. Well, I can feel look, the dream. I'll spin it. I'll spin it so I win this argument, Dimitri. Uh, yeah, you said they have 31 new players. They do. Well, I know that most of these teams below them are returning most of their players, and they were bad last year. So at least we have a shot. Like maybe the new players aren't bad. I swear to God, if Charlotte makes Omaha, I'm gonna be so pissed now. Yeah, this is. Gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be happy uh, for them. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be super happy for Woodward. I'm gonna be happy for those guys. Unbelievable compliment. But personally and selfishly, I'm gonna be so pissed. Yeah. So I did all that lead up just to say, like, if we were going to put our $1,000 bet down, it would probably not be on any of those teams. Actually, I will say for a fact, we will not be betting any of those teams. Unless you guys want to, then I might. I'm good. No, we will not. I'm I'm going. I'm not saying I I will personally bet Charlotte just out of spite now because I can be off. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably a group of guys that are like, you know, Ben and Dimitri and Jack. They just said Charlotte's got no shot. Let's. Let's put some money on it because these guys are it's usually paid. wrong. That's it's what they're saying. Go ahead and put the disclaimer <laughs> after you say that. Go ahead and say the disclaimer after that. Yeah. Um, but no, let's – let, Where is it? Put your disclaimer what, out. What's my disclaimer? If you're going to softly recommend Charlotte, ooh, these guys don't like them. Maybe they have a shot now. That response <laughs> this is not um, real-life advice. This is I not real-life advice. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-something-gambler. <laughs> I don't know. One eight hundred bet Charlotte. Yeah, one eight hundred. One eight hundred bet Charlotte. I don't know how we got on Charlotte there, um, but look. So we're not going to be taking any like fifty to one teams, right? Like it's just that's very irresponsible to put a thousand dollars on a team. But 
I could be talked into a lot of these teams like 20 to 1 or greater, like Old Dominion 20 to 1. They could do it. Offense is good. You got better pitching this year. Um, it's probably not smart to do, but I mean, we could do it. Other teams below them, we have FAU, no, Florida Gulf Coast, probably not. Hey, Indiana State, 22 to 1. I was just going to give you a framework of, and tell me if you agree or disagree. When I think of a team making Omaha, I need two good starters. I need a absolute workhorse dog in the bullpen. And then I need another um, like second party arm that he pitches when the, the dog needs a day off. This guy you just described 2016 stuff. Coastal Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Something that's like yeah. the framework I look at when I think of an Omaha team. Of course, you got to go hot, cold, hot. If you start the year hot and then you go cold, I, I think you have a great shot. But two good starters, one workhorse, nothing crazy, two starters, dog in the bullpen, and a second secondary arm guy, and then obviously a bit of a hot lineup with a lot That's of veteran a loaded, Yeah, a loaded lineup. So Indiana State like, kind of like interests me. They were, what, one game away last year from making it. Now they lost a lot from last year's team, but – Still a, still a solid core group of guys that are returning. Cal Poly, not interested. Notre Dame, not interested. Even though Notre Dame did make it just two years ago. People forget. Uh, but just not interested this year. Southeast Missouri State, nope. App State, nope. Georgia Tech, 24 to 1. I don't hate it. Their pitching is going to be much, 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 much better this year. Yeah, much better. And they have probably like the best. In my opinion, Drew Burris, uh, he's going to be a freshman outfielder for him this year. He's going to be probably the best freshman in the country. Um, big hype. Turned down first-round money last year. Going to start immediately for the Yellow Jackets. Like, Georgia Tech's one of those teams that – One of the best offensive teams over the last five years. Yeah, easily. Dude, their offense is always so good. They're going to have a lot of their offense from last year back this year. Like, Georgia Tech 24-1 to right in Dimitri's backyard in Atlanta. I could, I could be talked into that to make Omaha. So – uh, Liberty, Louisiana Tech, USC, Wright State, any of those? Uh, I think maybe USC, but I no. But Speaking okay, so USC. Speaking of USC, there's a lot of hype going around USC right now. I'm not buying into it, but it, it I can see why they see it. Their pitching can be really good. They have a really good player, actually. Um, Austin, Austin Overn, really dynamic player. Could be a could be a dog over there. But they, they're talking about USC pitching, and I'm just not buying into it. But if you do a little more deep dive in USC, you could, you might be able to see what I'm talking about. Not a bad value play, but what has USC done in the past two years to make you think they have a remote shot of making Omaha? Well, I, I mean, they do have the West Coast advantage. Like, they're, they're going to be probably sent somewhere on the West Coast that's not a Pac-12 team. So, like, if – uh, Santa Barbara hosts a regional. Like USC's got a good shot of getting sent there as a two seed or three seed. I mean, winnable regional. You don't have to face you know, the Southeast, which dominates yeah, college baseball. Yeah, but to that point, here's your problem. As a financial sports investor, right, <laughs> I, I can't watch the game, though. I can't watch. I, That's I true. I got to be able to watch. If I'm That's like 90% else, of the battle there. You, like, if you're going to make a bet, you have to be able to watch. That's a great Come point. On. USC's off the table. Can't watch them. Don't bet them. What do you mean? Basketball Network is actually a, probably one of the best streams out there. 
<laughs> yeah, you're a part of us. Now we pay for Pac-12 streams, or I illegally get them. So I'll take care of you. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Sweet. All right. We'll I'm back in. Back in. You see how fast that happened? <laughs> okay. Here we go. The next three teams here interest me a lot. Like when I say, like we're going to take this slow. We're going to slow down here. We've been going really fast all episode. These next three teams, they interest me a lot. Missouri, 30 to 1. Georgia Southern, plus 3,350. And Indiana, 35 to 1. I think we need to look at these fellas. A thousand bucks would win over 30,000. Missouri, 30 to 1. <laughs> let me talk, let me talk everybody into this. They were really good last year. Like, much better than people think. The injuries destroyed them. They were so good. Injuries des- destroyed them. They get their best reliever back, Sam Horn, who throws at 98 miles an hour, also plays backup quarterback. But anyways, that's besides the point. Dude, you get an SEC team 30-1 to 1 to make Omaha. I mean, that is that is such good value. Because they will not be matched up with another SEC team in regionals. So if they make it as a three-seat – like, let's just say Missouri – is the 10th team in the SEC. They win a game or two in the SEC tournament. They're a three seed um, going into regionals. I mean, they're going to be sent somewhere probably in the Midwest, maybe out West as a three seed. You win that regional, you get – it's just two games away. Two games away, 30 to one. I'm all the way in. I, and I think so too. Remember when the big renovations that kind of like blew up college baseball trendy Twitter was like three years ago? Yeah. Doesn't it feel like now is the time that they reap the benefits of that giant investment? I'm all in. Dude, I, I love that. Um, I also love Georgia Southern. Plus 3,350. They hosted a regional two years ago. Last year was a bad year, but they have some real talent on this team. Like I'm telling you. The Sun Belt's going to be had loaded. A good team. They had a good team. They had a, they had a great team, actually. A lot of luck went their way, and they had an unbelievable RPI. It, it was a trifecta for them that they everything went their way. They had a good team, and I just, dude, you know how hard it is. You get your one shot to make Omaha. Yeah. Like it doesn't come back again for a very long time. No, I, I agree, and it's kind of the same theory I have here for Indiana. Like I, I straight up think Indiana is going to win the Big Ten this year. I think their pitching staff is incredible. Um, they, I forgot his last name, but Devin something outfielder like freak athlete like one of the most exciting players in college baseball i think indiana has a lot of value at 35 to 1 any opposers i think it'd be a fun no. team to root for okay too. i think it'd be a fun team to root for Can yeah get i think so indiana long. would be a lot i think they'd be a lot of fun to root for so that's kind of the long shots there um we'll go below 20 to 1 just real quick I mean, all of these names everybody's familiar with. Like, where did I leave off? Um, You're in Indiana, Georgia Southern. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, so I left off at plus 120 Tennessee, and then you got Clemson, Vanderbilt, A&M, Texas, Oregon State, Virginia, Stanford, South Carolina. All of them are below plus 200. Probably not. not I think I think for those teams at that point, it's just a personal preference. Whether yeah, you're a fan, whether you're just so bought in on whatever team, you can't go wrong with any of those teams. All I will say from for me, a team like Oregon State, 
they usually have the path to get there. It's just always that two seed SEC team that goes up the core ballot. And if they're hot, it makes it hard for Oregon State. Otherwise, they're going to Omaha. Like they are going to Omaha unless just some team gets in their way. But it's, it's a low odd. There low chance of that happening again. So same thing with Stanford, Oregon State, and some of the West Coast teams. Usually the path is there for them to do it. Yeah. The formula is the formula. Like that's just how it is. The that's only how Stanford's other made thing it like I can four think of for making Omaha. Can you do you think a team could be a national seed and draw an easier super regional? Or do you think one of the other teams in the area are going to get matched up with some dog? They're going to be an eight seed, nine seed, and they got to match up. Like, for example, Clemson has to match up with Vanderbilt or something in a super. Envision that. Now it gets a little messy because you got to kind of geographic. You just get cute with it a little bit um, when yeah. you kind of look at these things. No, I mean, you're, I have you're a, spot on. I have a I have a kind of fun sleeper, and and Ben, you uh, touched on them when you did the conference standings, and we'll talk about them too. But I do think because of where they're located, can you hear me? Yeah, good. Uh, I, I my kind of fun sleeper team this year is Kansas State. Like I feel like Kansas State at plus seven fifty in the Big Twelve, they've got neighbors who you mentioned as a potential Golden Spice guy. Kalen Culpepper, I think, is one of the more under, like, he wasn't on that list of guys we said, but he plays third, short, and second for Kansas State. And Culpepper's, like, it feels like he's one of those dudes that could, like, just, like, totally command an offense. And if, like, the Big 12, like, they get matched up with, I don't know, they run through the Big 12 because the Big 12, I think, from a depth perspective this year with UCF and, like, BYU and Cincinnati, like, they could have a kind of nice record and sleep, sleep in, like, I – they could be kind of a weird, fun team. Yeah. No, look, Kansas State's got a ton of hype, and, like, deservedly so. They got screwed last year not making the tournament. I uh, I died on that hill. I, I thought they absolutely deserved to be in. So they, they got a little chip on their shoulder this year. I will be watching a lot of Kansas State because you're right. Like, they just – they're such a fun team to watch. And, and, like, I think their fan base is growing every year like crazy. Like, they're starting to really support that team. Games are getting more packed. Um, so they have a lot of momentum, that's for sure. Uh, any other names that you guys are interested in? Like, I like Dallas Baptist plus 800. Um, I feel like we say this too. every year. I feel like we say this every damn year about Dallas They're Baptist. They're dude. I feel They're great dude. about Dallas Baptist this year. I feel great about Dallas Baptist this year. 2023, I feel great about Dallas Baptist this year. When the hell are they going to happen? They're due for it, man. I'll bet it until I'm dead. Until the day I die. Dallas Baptist going to Omaha. Um, UC Irvine's fourteen to one. What about a team like Troy or Alabama or Florida State? I'm looking at that range like that seven seventy five to one to hundred to one. Wait, what? You're on the wrong odds. <sighs> never mind. Never mind. I'll see you guys next week. Are you, are you talking? You're talking about to win the whole thing. We're just we're talking about to. Get to Omaha, like Troy's yeah. I, I was looking the wrong one, whatever. Yeah, dude, I would take Troy seventy-five to one to make it to Omaha. I wish that was a thing, but plus yeah. a thousand. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else for this week. Um, we'll do our conference preview, make all our picks next week. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, conference previews next week. Uh, Omaha eight. We'll we'll do a little draft as well for like golden spikes. Like we'll pick, we did it last year. It was fun. Um. 
And we'll probably think of something else between now and next Sunday. So y'all enjoy the week. Uh, what is it, 18 days left, 17 days left till the season starts? I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. We are at 17 days, 15 hours, 11 minutes, and 43, 42, 41 seconds and counting until. Yeah, we got we got the uh, the countdown on our website. So you guys go check out 11.7.com. We've been putting out blogs. We've been putting out fun things there. We will have a um, pick em contest and survivor pool again this year. Still trying to iron out the details on who's the sponsor going to be and what the grand prize is going to be. But I promise it will be very, very cool. Like we have a great idea in mind. Just got to get someone to sponsor it. So we've been working on that. But uh, y'all take care and uh, we'll see you back next week on Sunday.